podcast 1100. I just took the phone and went through the last 100 podcasts. And I didn't realize how far, uh, uh, in terms of breadth of time, that, that has been. It's really been almost, give or take, the complete time that I've been out here as a nomad. Just amazing to go back over 100 podcasts. I'm going to talk, I don't know what I'm going to talk about in this podcast. I know I'm sort of celebrating 1,100 podcasts, which is a kind of a milestone I don't know if I would, I mean, 1,500 would be a bigger milestone. Usually, I would celebrate in in sort of um, 500 increments. And 500, podcast 500 was a big one. Podcast 1,000 was a big one. 1,100 is a nice round number. So every 100 podcasts or so, I should probably do kind of a retrospective and talk about uh, podcasting a little bit. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about a lot of things in this podcast. So, But one of the sponsors I've had v- for, a, for a long time. Uh, now I think Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul has been a sponsor longer than anybody else. So originally Ed Johnson of ex-government cars sponsored me. And then Greg came in right after that. And Greg Ryan at uh, Ryan Plumbing and Heating has been sponsoring and kind of uh, helping me uh, with the podcast for uh, for um, quite a long time. And so I want to thank him and just mention uh, if you we're, it's starting to get warm. I noticed today. You know, I'm on the flat here in Wisconsin, about 80 miles from uh, Minneapolis, same longitude, pretty much the same weather that we have in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And I know it's starting to get warm. This is going to be the time where we're above 70, so this is a good time to get your air conditioning systems checked. And if you're like most people, you probably haven't even gone into the yard, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on when it comes to GardenGurusMN.com. But, you know, it certainly would be true with me. I would just be out raking leaves pretty much at this time. I wouldn't even bother to go into the yard (laughs) sooner than right about now, so... This is the time that most people are going to the yard and just, and I know this is my experience, those air conditioning boxes just get hammered all winter. They have junk in them. It's a good idea before you turn it on to have somebody out uh, and, and have them check it out. And of course, Ryan Plumbing and Heating, you know, heating is air conditioning. And so those guys do air conditioning stuff. If you want to uh, get a heating uh, air conditioning, check 651-224-4771 in Minneapolis, 612-927-6488. They go back 70 years at that location on University Avenue. Quality replacement and repair of all plumbing, heating, and air conditioning systems, residential and business. The thing now with the air conditioning check is just remember in the fall you do the heating check and it keeps things running right. I had him up here at the cabin recently just to take a look at the systems and and let me know what he thought uh, about how they work. I learned a lot about the air conditioning and the heating system in this cabin that I'm staying at uh, during uh, the time that he was uh, up visiting. So they can do great stuff for you. Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul, you call 651-224-4771 in Minneapolis, 612-927-6488. Online at ryanplumbing.com or just click on that Ryan Plumbing banner at the top of the page at the bobdavispodcast.com. 
quick shout out to my guys at 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis. I've said it a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. Ref- independent refueling stations get a better deal on fuel. They can pass that on to you. The cool thing about 36 Lynn is the store. They have all kinds of locally sourced products, food, uh, candy, and other stuff. And it's really fun. And their Instagram feed is great. Check them out. 30, it's 36 Lynn. That's their Instagram feed. And they, they just have a lot of fun. Great uh, community events, down with the community. And they're in South Minneapolis at 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South. So check out 36 Lynn and check them out online at 36lynn.com or click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com. Out here by the fire, oddly enough, the celebration of Podcast 1000 was in a similar setting uh, on a fall evening, and I think I was in Montana someplace or, or uh, New Mexico or some someplace out west, uh, I keep thinking that, that maybe I was in Iowa, but that was the first podcast I did the night that I went out on the road permanently. That was in a campground in Iowa someplace. The podcast 1000, I think, was in a campground in New Mexico. And it was the same situation where it was utterly still and I was able to pull out the studio mics to do um, that that podcast. So that's kind of cool. And in reviewing uh, the last 100 podcasts, I realized they pretty much run the breadth of the last two and a half years of uh, nomad travel. As you know... I traveled uh, as a nomad basically off and on for several years uh, from 2014 on. Whenever I get ready to do one of these uh, commemorative podcasts celebrating 1,000 podcasts or 1,100 or, or whatever, I, uh, my mind automatically, rather than kind of review the, the content that was in the last 500 or the last 100, my mind automatically goes to the the whole thing. It goes to the first podcast and the whole experience of podcasting. The new wrinkle this time is, well, there's two new wrinkles. One is I'm not gallivanting around the country, as I have talked about in numerous podcasts now. And that kind of started because of the price of fuel. And, and it's it's interesting to go back over the last 100 podcasts, especially from 1050 or so up through podcast 1078 or something to that effect, because you can you can sort of see, you know, the beginning of, at the end of the first year, you could see the price inflation start to hit with fuel. And you would see then that I would uh, I, I had to start slowing down and it was really hard because I like to roll and it's been good. But the last hundred podcasts have been in a campsite for six or seven months or in a location for six or seven or three or four months because I simply refuse to travel with the price of inflation. This week, I kind of debated doing another economic uh, kind of roundup with uh, an eye or an ear, shall we say, to the Nomad, and I decided uh, not to. If you go back and listen to podcast 1069, which kind of just, the 1069 was good because it kind of wrapped up the whole economic picture. And isn't that cool? 
I don't know what that is. I think that's an eagle. They fly around at night. Uh, and I almost forgot what I was going to say. That that summed up the economic situation. And I decided, I don't think I'm going to do another podcast about the economy until uh, something happens. Again, it was always an ear toward uh, the nomad travel experience. And our biggest cost center is fuel. It's not rent. It's not even food. I mean, food's important, but it's fuel, especially if we're moving. So if you have a school bus, any kind of big diesel truck, I don't care what it is, Duramax, you know, 7.3 diesel, Cummins something, or Detroit diesel, whatever it is in your bus or your car, I mean, your your uh, ambulance or truck or whatever you have is a rig, you're going to get roughly 12, 13, 10, 5, 7, 8 miles to the gallon. I don't care what you have, and I don't care. I was talking to um, a friend of mine. They just bought a 2018 uh, Chevy 3500 or 2500 uh, pickup. It's got a Duramax in it. And I was like, well, you guys might get, must get great mileage. And they haul horses. And he was like, well, you know, it's about 12. It's about 13 uh, when we were, when we got a trailer behind it. And he was talking about how his, uh, his old uh, Dodge or, or Ram, uh, probably a 2001 or two, with a Cummins Dually, uh, actually got better mileage and more torque than the than the than the new tur- than the new Duramax that they have, and I thought that was interesting. So a lot of times people think, well, if I get a certain diesel, if I get a certain kind of diesel engine in my bus, I'm going to get great mileage. Uh, you know, we're, you're if you have an RV with a diesel in it, I don't care what it is, you're going to get anywhere between 12 and 15 miles to the gallon, depending on how full your drop tanks are, whether you're going up and down mountains, whether you're on the freeway, there's all sorts of different options. So fuel, especially if you're running diesel, becomes really the key cost center. And that's the, that's the thing that you have to watch. So when, when fuel started to really go up, uh, I'm thinking probably... I just, I guess it was January of 22, maybe maybe a little sooner than that, probably in the fall of 22, then it really affects what we can do and what we can't do. So I started doing, it made me so mad, I started studying the economy, and then I started doing these podcasts that kind of round up the numbers and talk about uh, what was going on and, and where I think uh, it was going. And I, uh, I, I did a bunch of those podcasts. And I, des- I decided this week, I'm just going to do sort of a commemorative, hey, you know, this is, um, this, is the, um, this is the commemorative 1100 podcast. And I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to wait for something to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for an end to the, to the story. I'm going to wait for a, uh, something to happen that... Uh, that uh, demands a podcast. We're getting there. Let's just say that. So my tendency, when I think of a commemorative podcast like this one, uh, 1100, celebrating 1100 podcasts, I don't think of the last 100 podcasts because I've done so many podcasts. I think of the whole, uh, the whole something like, uh, what, 14, something like 14 years that I've been podcasting since 2009. 
And then I started thinking about why I started, and I started thinking about radio, and I started thinking about what I used to talk about, and how uh, I, I used to do a podcast almost every day. And then I realized that I was stepping on my own content, and I, I, now I try to do—I try to do five podcasts a month. That's what I'm working on. And now that I'm doing the YouTube thing too, then that gives me a little bit more incentive to work on a, a, a doing a podcast. And so I want to give you—I—I I, I want to give you some observations, uh, and I want to give you some meat. So I'm going to give you some observations about podcasting, and uh, and creative work, content creation in the present time frame in the second half of this podcast. So I mentioned earlier uh, the Garden Gurus MN uh, sponsor for the Bob Davis podcast, GardenGurusMN.com. These are the great landscaping uh, people that are sponsoring the Bob Davis podcasts. And I talked about how uh, these days everybody sort of needs a place where they can breathe. They need an oasis. And if you can't come out to a state park or you can't come out to or be out all the time like I am, then it's kind of hard to get that oasis. And that is usually or should be in your garden, in your backyard. It doesn't even need to be a big garden, just a simple thing. I've had a lot of conversations with those people about what they do. They have all sorts of ways that they can help you get your garden ready to go. They can help you design a garden. They are, And, and it's a reasonable price because uh, of a lot of reasons, which they can tell you. So check out GardenGurusMN.com for more information. I think I can say without a doubt that I am a veteran. There's two things that I'm a veteran of among many others, but one of them is certainly content creation, 20 years in talk radio, uh, and and now uh, something like 14 years doing podcasting from the worst podcast ever, which was Podcast One. I had reverb on the mic and... <laughs> to Podcast 1100. So I'm a veteran content creator. And a lot of people ask me, hey, you know, I want to do a podcast. Everybody thinks they're going to get rich doing a podcast. So a couple of things that, that things that happened since I started doing this podcast, going back to 2009. First of all, nobody knew how to get a podcast on the internet in 2009. I started when there were very few, I know Leo Laporte at that point had had a successful tech podcast. And I know that uh, the guy that did the man show, I forgot his name, uh, had a successful podcast. And there were a few others. I mean, literally a few others. It took me uh, quite some time to get this thing on the internet and then I started podcasting for about, well, 2009, and I got a job in 2011. I have an inter- interesting story about uh, getting a job. My ex-wife talked to a psychic, and the psychic started talking about me, and she didn't even bring me up. And the psychic was saying that my father had died when I was um, 20 seven or 28 and it had been quite some time since he had passed away and she called me and said we know we had this she did a tv show and she had we we had this lady on this tv show and she talks to the dead and that freaked me out i was like well the dead don't talk and i don't know and she said well this is what he said she she and i'm not going to say what he said but she mentioned that he said a couple of things i see you 
and it convinced me because it was weird that that he knew about something that literally nobody else knew about. So I, I perked up and listened, and uh, she said something to the effect that he's worried about your well-being or something like that. And this is back in the time when I would I would walk around the city lakes all all night. I stayed up all night, just like I'm doing now. I'm very nocturnal when I'm kind of in that in that space. And I was podcasting, and I was I was doing a lot of podcasts. Actually, I lived in Uptown Minneapolis, and I was I would walk around the lakes in the middle of the night in the summer. Actually, in the winter too. And I walked around the lake, and uh, I uh, I he, she, he said something to the effect of, "Where are my watches?" Well, uh, that really worried me because it felt to me like he was in some kind of distress. And so I'd walk around the lake and talk to him. And one night, I, I, I had been gotten fired, because that's what happens in radio. And, and you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to make money doing podcasting. And even though the podcasts were sponsored from the very first podcast, there, there wasn't enough money to live on. You know, we were all, it was 2009. I lived in an apartment building that was more like a dorm. We called it Stewart Hall, because the people that owned it were named Stewart. Everybody kept their doors open. We'd order pizzas. Uh, the first thing I did when I got fired, I went to Costco and bought a freezer, and I had a freezer full of ice cream sandwiches and hamburgers and stuff. And, you know, we everybody had left their doors open, and people were coming in and out of each other's apartments. And it was a riot because everybody was unemployed. So I was, uh, I was on unemployment. In fact, I came out of that whole thing with more money than I went into it with. But uh, I remember walking around the lake and uh, you know, pretty having having some pretty extensive conversations with my dead father, and uh, we never we didn't have that great of a relationship, and uh, I I was worried about him, and I said something to the effect that if well if you want to help me if you're so worried about me uh, apparently he was worried about me too I need a job and and I need a job right now well he got me a job. And I've often thought, maybe I should have asked for something else <laughs> because I got another radio job and it was great and a very successful morning show. And then after I got fired from that job, I started podcasting in earnest. And, and still, podcasting had not yet become the commodity that it is today where you have everybody and his brother doing a podcast and and, and uh, most of them are are. They sound like AM radio, and they're really not well done, and the content is basically about – it's business-to-business business stuff and how to be a real estate agent or something to that effect. But podcasting as a rule has become so commoditized that it's very difficult to uh, make any money doing podcasting. My idea was that I was going to sell it just like local radio. And it worked for, I actually had a couple of, actually more than one. I had two or three or four really good years until the commoditization of, of podcasting went into effect. And it became this massive thing. I, and I remember people in radio would laugh at me. And now nobody in radio laughs at podcasting because it's eating radio's lunch. And I think that's interesting. The thing about it is, in a, in a content way, uh, I kept doing the political radio show as a podcast. But it didn't take long for the podcast to kind of take me on a different path and to, to cause me to grow in a way 
that I'm really satisfied with today. For one thing, I realize with a podcast, you have a lot of, it's very one-to-one. I've mentioned this in a couple of YouTube videos. It's very one-to-one. And so you've got an opportunity to use audio in a way that you could never use audio on the radio. Uh, as a as a development, a self-development tool for me, th- this has been instrumental and and an important part of me deciding to become uh, a nomad and hit the road and speak to a different audience, uh, a nomad audience, people that are traveling and doing what I'm doing. And oddly enough, you know, now that I'm stopped down here in the in the woods, you know, we all do this. We, I have friends that are in Michigan right now. I'll see them again in Quartzsite in the fall. Uh, people go to New England. They go to Vermont. They go to Oregon. They go all over the, the country. And they find a place where they can hunker down for a while. And especially with the price of fuel, you don't want to travel too much. Because no matter what rig you have, it costs money. It's expensive. So the fuel is expensive. It's getting better. Again, I don't want to, I don't want to get into that in this podcast. The thing about it is, if you're if you're serious about uh, not just doing a podcast where you're going to talk about uh, you know being a real estate agent or something, if you're going to really reach down and and try to do some personal content and and have a personal connection with an audience, then you're you're going to move from one point to another and you're going to grow from from one point to another i don't know how people and i've often asked this question i don't know how people who are in television or radio broadcast then let's say just do the same thing year after year after year uh, I, I don't know how they do it in other words talk about the same type of content year after year after year because for me that's impossible Number one, I don't like to repeat myself. I know I do. I know that there are, but there are themes. There's repeating themes in almost anything, whether it's music or anything creative. Uh, But much like writing, doing this carries you from one place to another. So I'm just going to say that podcasting itself, me doing this podcast, was instrumental in uh, sort of spurring me to completely change the content that I was doing in 2020. That's when I just said, uh, we're, we're not going to talk about society and politics anymore. We're going to talk about travel and adventure and society in that uh, mindset. And it's it's been great for me as a human being. And I, again, as a tool for change and as a tool to to change by having a personal connection with an audience that grows and changes with you, hopefully. Uh, I think this is an amazing medium because someday when I'm dead and gone, uh, somebody can listen to all thousand of these, you know, 1100 or however many there's going to be of these podcasts. And And if you start at one, and some people do, they'll every year or two, they'll listen to all of them. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, you will hear me go through a complete metamorphosis, maybe more than uh, uh, one or two metamorphoses. I'm kind of molting again as we speak. I mean, I'm going to continue to be a nomad. I'm just not sure that uh, I will continue to do what I have been doing the last two years. I, I 
I don't want to talk about it because I don't know I don't know what shape this new wrinkle is going to take. But part of it is being driven to a certain degree by okay. I need to see something new so I can talk about something new in, in, in the travel adventure area, which is a vast area of content. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with going back and looking at the last hundred podcasts because it chronicles this change. Whether we start, uh, you know, roughly two years ago when I first, and, and you could see it isn't quite the barnstorming part, but it kind of comes in at the very end of the first year of Nomad Travel, somewhere around uh, the summer of, of uh, whatever it was, 22, something like that. Because I went out in the fall of 20. My mom died in the winter of uh, early winter of 21. I was out for three or four months and then back out on the road. Uh, sort of somewhere around in the fall of, of uh, 20. Well, it would have been the fall of 21 was one year. So the podcasts that I've done, the last 100 podcasts, kind of start, I think, probably in... Uh, In the fall, the late fall of 21, that's kind of where we pick up the, the, the last 100 podcast. And a lot has changed since then, both nationally and internationally. You know, that was at the height of COVID. That's changed. Now we're going into this economic, you know, craziness. That's changed. And so I think the next, the next 100 podcasts should be even more interesting because I think we're on the cusp of some, again, pretty major um, changes which are going to be visible and I'll just end with this I talk a lot about back roads the the experience is really is really accentuated by the back roads experience I've talked it's a theme and I've talked a lot about back roads but when you want to see kind of what's going on in the country as we go through these sort of tumbling changes the back road is the place to be because this is the part, this is going to enable you to to really see what's going on, whether you're in California or Montana or Wyoming or Illinois or New York State or Vermont. You, you get a, a, a real feel for America, not in the cities, oddly enough. And I'm not opposed to cities. So if you go back to my first year, a few years of travel, I went to L.A., you know, I... Uh, I, I went to uh, San Francisco. I, I went to a lot of cities, uh, Seattle. But when you get out be on the back roads, and you, you know, I'm talking about the the internet, the state, the the national highway system, circa 1918. You know, as I said in one of the uh, video uh, that I did, videos I did for YouTube, Route 66, which doesn't exist anymore, but Route 50 does, that runs across the country, east, west, and uh, you know, Route 24, and you know, all these major U.S. Uh, highways, uh, U.S. Highway One, let's say. Also, the county roads and the, and the individual state roads, the things that you see are, have been immensely educational for me. I personally believe that the next 100 podcasts, we're going to see some tumultuous developments. We'll see. But I think the next 100 podcasts, in terms of actually covering the, the American... A psyche, let's just say, by actually seeing 
the Walmarts in these small towns or visiting uh, small towns and, and being on the back roads. I think that's going to get really, I, I think that's going to bring a lot of changes into high relief. Thanks to YouTube, um, I am getting some donations from uh, listeners to the podcast that have come over from YouTube and also some great comments from YouTube that I really, really appreciate. One guy said, hey, I, I discovered this gem of a podcast, and he posted it on Instagram and also made a comment on my YouTube channel, which is the Bob Davis Podcasts. And I was really, really appreciative of that. Uh, I got uh, a $5 contribution from uh, Electric Fish, and I think that's going to be, uh, yeah, that's going to be on one of those uh, sort of auto pays each month. So it's five bucks a month. You can do that at the donate window on the BobDavisPodcast.com, right under the picture of Mobile Podcast Command. If you're on a phone, the mobile version of the website, the picture of the uh, mobile podcast command is way at the bottom, and the donate window is around there someplace. So you can uh, you can do that. So I really appreciate it. Electric Fish for uh, doing that. That's called a, a basically a, a, an auto payment. Jeffrey Dunn, I always appreciate donations from twenty five bucks. Thanks, Jeffrey. Robert Meyer sent me twenty bucks, and he says, "Hey Bob, thanks for having one of the most amazing podcasts out there in a sea of terrible podcasting." I was just talking about that. Just followed you on IG and going to send you a message on their safe travels, uh, Bobby. Uh, this is a guy that does our heroes headstones. He does some cool things for veterans. Bob Myers, Robert Myers, and he's from South Carolina. And thank you, sir. I really appreciate the words and the contributions. I always thank Brandon Sabata, who's also doing five bucks a month. Jason Darty, uh, and I think this is one of the guys from YouTube. So I, some of these people, you know, it's funny when I get new people, and thank you, Jason, for ten bucks. When I get new people, I can tell it's new because I don't recognize um, them. And then I always have to thank Mindy Collins, who's been incredibly supportive, old friend from uh, Minneapolis and from the radio days. And thank you, Mindy. I really appreciate. It. She's in Florida. She just went through that hurricane and. Uh, you know, she didn't have to keep getting, sending me uh, donations. They always go right in the tank anyway. But thank you, Mindy. I appreciate it. I'm going to close with this, finally. I just watched uh, a great interview with Betty Davis on YouTube. And she said something that reminded me of kind of the whole uh, underlying logic of really my entire career and uh, that I had kind of forgotten they were talking about some picture that she'd made in the 30s when she was at, I think, Warner Brothers, part of the studio system. And she got paid $300 a, a, a week to work on the movie. And Dick Cavett was said, uh, well, that just seems like a very small amount of money to pay you. And she said, well, you have to understand that in those days, I was working hard to... Uh, find the part i was looking at scripts and parts and characters to play and i wanted the best so i could be the best because i knew that the money would follow now i'm certainly no hollywood movie star but ever since i was a baby baby dj back in the day when i first started out in radio i never cared about making money obviously you can't make money you can't you can't care about making money if you're in radio but i've never this has never been a labor uh in which 
I was trying to make money. This is this is basically doing it because I love to do it, and that includes all of the radio stuff. And I had uh, I had what I would consider a great career in radio. I got to work in New York and Chicago. I got to work with great talent, uh, Los Angeles and consulting, and and St. Louis and Pittsburgh, and you know big markets in my uh, in my in my radio days. And I never, and, and I did, uh, got to do really great projects for TV companies, and and uh, I, I never said I've got to get paid more money or I'm doing this for the money, uh, you know, working in Minneapolis or in, you know doing any of the projects that I did. I did the projects I wanted to do if I could because I wanted to. I wanted it was the doing of the do as I used to say it was a, it was doing the do it was doing the thing and this is the same thing so when people send me money when I'm able to get clients and get you know people to pay for advertising it's a really heartfelt thing for me because I'm not doing this to get rich because if you are a podcasting person and you're podcasting to get rich <laughs> good luck maybe maybe you can do it I don't know the sky's the limit with the internet so I'm not going to say it's impossible but uh, I do it because I love doing it, and uh, I, I challenge myself by keep changing the content and, and trying to be better and do more uh, than I normally do. And I mean, I could talk about this for hours. I could do another. I could do another 1,100 podcasts, and and still never say uh, all that needs to be said. And we're running pretty long now, so. Uh, when somebody sends me money, it's a big thing. It's not taken lightly. And of course, it goes right in the tank, of course. But uh, I really do appreciate everybody supporting the Bob Davis podcast through clients and also donations. Thank you for listening to Podcast 1100, the Bob Davis podcast. Here's to 1100 more. <gasps> Your people